Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. You can take your Bibles this morning and turn within Mark chapter 1. We'll get there in just a moment. By the way, in the midst of this pandemic, did you hear about the guy who went to the grocery store? And he was just an obvious guy. He was just trying to get what he wanted. If you're like me, you go in and get what you want and you get out, right? You want to spend the least amount of time as possible in that place. And he was looking for an item and he was on a particular aisle. All of a sudden, a lady screamed at him, didn't you see the arrows? And he looked around and ducked behind his cart and said, lady, I didn't even see the Indians. That's a pretty good joke. Some of you didn't laugh. You'll get it three days from now, but you'll be telling it before the week is over, I assure you. Anyway, we need to be aware that God is moving in our midst and in our presence. We also need to be aware of something that occurred this past week that is deeply troubling to the church. Maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't, but the Supreme Court refused to hear a case out in Nevada where Calvary Church sued the state of Nevada over not being able to have more than 50 people in service. The premise of the lawsuit was that the state of Nevada has opened casinos to 50% capability. The church simply wanted that same favor extended to them. The Supreme Court declined to hear it. Justice Alito, in writing the dissent to that decline, wrote these words, the Constitution guarantees the free exercise of religion says nothing about the freedom to play craps or blackjack or to feed tokens into a slot machine or to engage in any other game of chance. But the governor of Nevada apparently has different priorities, claiming virtually unbounded power to restrict constitutional rights during the COVID-19 pandemic. A church, a synagogue, a mosque, regardless of its size, may not admit more than 50 persons. That's the rule in Nevada at this time. But casinos and certain other favored facilities may admit 50% of their maximum occupancy. And if you've ever been to Las Vegas, you know the casinos are absolutely gigantic. 50% could literally mean thousands of people allowed in at one time. That Nevada would discriminate in favor of a powerful gaming industry and its employees may not come as a surprise. But this court, speaking of the Supreme Court's willingness to allow such discrimination is disappointing. We have a duty to defend the Constitution, and even a public health emergency does not absolve us of that responsibility, he wrote. I appreciate that dissent, but I think it's obvious to anyone who is aware, alert, and watching the events of the day that the government is no friend of the church. It really doesn't matter who occupies positions of power there is a force behind our government that's been on the destruction of the church of Jesus Christ. You and I need to be aware of that. We need to see it, and we do see it all around us. You may remember when Governor Mario Cuomo in New York made the statement that our COVID-19 uh, uh, is under control, not because of prayer, but because of what we did, sh shaking his fist in the face of God. There is no doubt in my mind whatsoever that they have not learned yet the lesson that Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 16. If you remember the story, he was in Capernaum, which was his earthly head, ministry headquarters, and he took his disciples four days' journey to the very north of Israel, to the city of Caesarea Philippi. He took them on that journey for one reason, and that was to show them and to show us that the forces of darkness 
cannot compare to the power of the church of Jesus Christ. There at the base of Mount Hermon at Caesarea Philippi, there were three temples built to Greek gods. One to Pan, who is the goat, god of the goats, he was half man, half goat, you know the story. One to Zeus, one to Nemesis. And it was there that so many worshipped in pagan rituals. Jesus took them to that very spot, that spot where behind the goddess of Pan, there was a huge cave in Mount Hermon that had a sharp descent that the locals believed was literally the gates to the underworld, the gates of Hades. And it was there he asked the question, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're Elijah or one of the prophets. But then he narrowed it down and he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus declared these words, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock, upon this confession, this truth, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So I've come to this pulpit today to proclaim to you, regardless of what you hear, regardless of what the government does, regardless of their position, regardless of their antics, there is one that is greater, more powerful, more mighty, and the church of Jesus Christ, whether we meet openly or whether we meet in secret, shall not fail, shall not be closed, shall not succumb to the pressures of men, but shall overcome every attack, every force of the evil one. Somebody say amen. People get real disturbed when they see these things happening. I can tell you again, it's a sign of the times we live in. The government is not a friend of the church of Jesus Christ. You see, in reality, the government wants to be your God. And that's nothing new. It's happened throughout the ages. The government wants you to depend on them and worship them. But Jesus said, He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And upon this rock, I will build my church. So friends, take heart. Lift up your head and rejoice. Know your redemption draws nigh. Amen. So allow God to encourage you. Let that be your word of good news to those around you this week. Because I know there are believers struggling with this issue. Believers depressed over this decision. My friends, stop putting your, your trust and, and your hope in the institutions of man and put your trust and hope in the living God who never fails and never disappoints. He will never steer you wrong. Mark chapter 1, I want to turn you to turn with me there this morning. I don't know why, but for the last several weeks in my devotional reading in the office, as I'm studying and preparing for messages, I keep going back to the book of Mark. Matter of fact, when someone is newly saved and they ask me, what should I read? I tell them, go read the book of Mark. Because Mark tells exactly who Jesus is and what Jesus does. He reveals the power of a risen Christ in so many, many different ways. And so when we see and read the book of Mark, we see the power of God on display in the lives of many, many different individuals and people. We have to resolve that if he can do it for one, he'll do it for others. If he did it in the scripture, he does it yet today. We do not believe that the works of God, the miracles of God, the power of God ceased with the death of the Apostle John. 
We believe Holy Spirit carries out the work of God through the life of His church and the life of believers and the very things that Jesus did, the very things the apostles did and preached are yet true today. They are still for you and I today. So when I read the book of Mark, I see so much of what God is doing in the lives of men. Do you understand that that's really what the gospel is about? It's about God intervening, interrupting the lives of mankind. Coming to the place where he takes our impossible and he shows us how possible it really is. Where he takes our depression and turns it into rejoicing, shouting, singing, because what he does in our life. And through the Gospel of Mark, Mark introduces us to a variety of people who have physical ailments that modern medicine in that day and time wasn't able to address or to bring relief for. Think about it. We've already talked about the woman who had the issue of blood. The Bible says in Mark that she suffered many things for 12 years, spent everything that she had was none the better. Mark tells us about the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was demon-possessed, and Jesus tried to push her away, and she said, but even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table, and her daughter was relieved and made whole. The Gospel of Mark talks to us about, talk to us about the blind man who had given him hope on everything, but he came to Jesus, and Jesus spit on the ground and made a clay, a salve, and put it on his eyes, and told him to go wash, and when he did... The man who never saw was seeing again. He talks about the lame man who in the city of Capernaum had no one to take him before Jesus. But he had four friends who said, we're not going to allow the crowd to keep you away from the answer. And as a result, they tore the roof off the place. By the way, that was Peter's mother-in-law's house. They lowered him right down in front of Jesus. That house has been excavated. You can see it if you go with us to Israel. And you can see exactly where Jesus sat in Peter's mother-in-law's house where they lowered that lame man down before him. And Jesus said, Son, thy sins are forgiven thee. Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. And that's exactly what happened in that moment of time. It's a miraculous, marvelous, wonderful thing. If you go with us to Israel, you can see where the demonic of the Gadarenes roamed the graveyard. And where he came to Jesus, and Jesus cast out multiple demons from him. And he was completely renewed and restored. Mark says in chapter 1, prior to our text, that many in Galilee were healed by the power of Jesus Christ. To understand that statement, you read the preceding verses. He was in the city of Capernaum ministering and teaching and healing. And the crowds became so large, the disciples wanted to get him away. Now here's the point. You need not miss it. They wanted him all to themselves. So they went into the regions of Galilee. They went to the country, in other words. But the Bible says the crowds followed them. Listen, the message we have of Jesus Christ is not meant to be contained in a small select few. It's meant for the masses. It's meant for the crowds. It's meant for men and women, boys and girls of every color, religion, language, culture in, in the entire world. So we look at that and we see that Jesus did many things. And now we begin in verse 40 of our text. Mark 1 verse 40. Because in the last story of this chapter, it talks about a leper came to him, imploring him. If you underline or highlight in your Bible, you need to underline and highlight that, that word, imploring. Kneeling down to him, you need to underline and highlight that as well. 
and saying to him, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I want you to notice three things right there. He came imploring. That word also means worshiping. It means with an urgent request, knowing he could meet it. He came imploring him. Too many times we bring our request to God, but there's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of commitment on our part. We do it out of ritual. We do it out of form. We do it out of habit. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll adopt the attitude of the leper, you'll see Jesus do something in your life. He came saying, you can do something for me, and only you can do something for me. And then he knelt before him. The Greek actually says he prostrated himself. He laid face down on the ground before Jesus Christ, an act of humility. What does the scripture teach us? It teaches us that God resists the proud, but what does he do for the humble? He gives grace to the humble. Oh, someone need to understand this morning that it's time to get off your high horse, quit thinking you can do it yourself, quit thinking you're okay, and kneel before the Lord. Humble yourself before the king and watch what he'll do in your heart and in your life. He goes on to say, then he said, he expressed his faith. He declared what he believed. Have you declared openly, publicly for everyone to hear what you believe? He declared, if you're willing, you can make me whole. Oh, folks, the world is looking for a voice. The world is looking for people who will openly declare what we believe. I know the government has tried to shut us up. Culture has tried to shut us up. But if there's ever a day and if there's ever a time for believers in Jesus Christ to stand up and let their voice be heard, this is the day and this is the time. We are not to shut down. We are not to be mealy-moused about it. We are not to act like we're afraid of everything and everybody. But when the devil is in your face, when Satan and his henchmen come against you, it's time to stand and declare, I know God. I know what God can do. And I know my God is greater than you are in the circumstance and situation. We need to be that voice in this culture. We need to be that voice in this climate. When people are angry and filled with rage and turning against one another, we need to be that voice. Folks, many times Tallahassee has been somewhat insulated from the events that are happening in other parts of the United States. But did you realize, and Jarvis, you were probably there, your crew was there early Saturday morning. A man was shot down on the south side in a parking lot. There are 300 plus people there. The crowd refused to allow the EMTs and the first responders to get to that individual, and he died on the scene. Folks, we need a voice in Tallahassee. We need people who will stand up and declare, this is not the way. Jesus Christ is still the way. Oh, come on, folks. The gospel never brings harm. The gospel always brings benefit. God always, what did David say, deals bountifully with me. What does God do? He gives us grace in times of need. That's the message. That's the voice our community needs to hear today. Our God wants to minister grace and life to you. This man expressed his faith. He said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Verse 41, then Jesus moved with compassion. Compassion is not pity. Compassion is identifying with his need. Seeing yourself in that person's place. When we're dealing with people around us today who are filled with anger and rage and hate, we need compassion. We need to pray that God give us grace. 
We need to pray that God fill our mouth with the right words to diffuse the situation and to bring hope and grace and peace into that troubled heart and into that troubled life. Listen, I'm here to tell you, nothing will change our current climate other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. The government cannot and will not do it. Education cannot and will not do it. Culture cannot and will not do it. Better benefits cannot and will not do it. Equality cannot and will not do it. Listen, the gospel of social justice is a perverted gospel because the only justice is kingdom justice. When we come to the cross, all as one, in society among fallen men, there will never be equality until fallen man comes before the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's there at the cross we are all one. Regardless of what we look like, regardless of our language, regardless of our country of origin, at the cross, we become one. And we are completely equal. That's why I can say to you this morning, stop buying the lie of the media. It will never bring equality or justice to our country. The only thing that will is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need a voice crying out to our society that Jesus is the answer. Verse 42, excuse me, Jesus was moved with compassion. Verse 41, stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was clean. He, he warned him strictly, and sent him away, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest." Offer your cleansing for those things which Moses commanded <clears throat> as a testimony to them. Interesting to me that Jesus does this amazing miracle, heals this man of a lifelong illness, a defiguring illness, and then he says to him, don't tell anybody about it. Just go show yourself to the priests so that they can declare you're clean and you can return to your normal life. Don't say a word to anybody. I can almost see the wheels turning in that man's heart, mind. I know he heard Jesus, but you know what he was thinking? He was thinking, not hardly. Are you kidding me? Do you know what's just happened to me? My life has been revolutionized. I will never be the same. I went from being an outcast to being accepted. I went from being one with the death sentence upon my life to one having life infused into me. You think I'm not going to say something? Not hardly. Oh, come on, church. Have you received life today? Has he touched you today? Has he done a work in your life today? Can you say, he saved me. He delivered me. He healed me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. He's doing a good thing in my life. If you can, then some, when someone says you need to be quiet, you need to say, not hardly. I'm going to be the voice of what God has done for me. I'm going to shout what God has done for me. I'm going to tell everybody I know what God has done. I'm going to tell you so many times you get tired of hearing the story until you believe what God has done for me. Oh, come on, it's time to be like that man. <laughs> Not hardly. Do you realize what just happened? Do you know what you just done? Not hardly. 
I can't be quiet. Oh, I'm absolutely convinced if you encounter the risen Christ, if you come to the place where he does an eternal work in your life, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, relationally, when he does a work in your life, you cannot be quiet about what he's done. You're going to be saying, not hardly. You're not going to shut me up. You're not going to calm me down. You're not going to cause me to go away. I'm going to tell the story of what my God has done for me. Not hardly. Not hardly. You see, there's people in this very room, people watching this morning, people listening to the radio right now who are in situations where you desperately need God to intervene in your life. Situations you can't resolve. Problems you'll never fix. Issues you'll never be able to deal with. It's time to say, I'm going to trust God. Listen, maybe you've tried everything else. You've been to the doctors. And, and don't get me wrong. I appreciate medical science. I have the greatest doctor in the world. She watches over me. She cares for me. If I've got a need, I can call her at 8 o'clock and I'm there that morning. She cares for me. You see, that's the difference. She cares for me. And when we understand that, we can put our trust and our confidence in them. But she also understands my powers are limited. My abilities are limited. But there is one who is unlimited. His name is Jesus. Maybe you're in this room. Maybe you're watching online. And it's time for you to say, I'm going to start trusting God with everything in my life and see what he will do for me. My chiropractor, I love him to death. You know what his expression is? He says, the same one that made you, heals you. He gets it. He understands it. Oh, come on, folks. We need to know God is able to do great things in our lives. You say, well, I've got insurance. I don't need to worry about God. Can I tell you? It's much better to have assurance than to have insurance. Insurance will last you through this lifetime, but assurance will carry you through eternity. I want to have assurance in a God who loves me, who trusts me, who cares for me, and takes me to the other side. Look at Jesus. He's never pushed away by anyone. A leper, he wasn't supposed to touch him. Matter of fact, the leper was supposed to keep his distance and cry out, unclean, unclean. He wore rags to cover his sores. But when he came and fell at his feet at Jesus, Jesus touched him. What does that tell us? It tells us Jesus isn't afraid of our situation. It doesn't matter how dire, how gloom, how difficult, how dark it may be. We serve a God who's still in the business of touching those who reach out to him. He isn't bothered by your issues. He isn't put off by your sins. He isn't taken aback by what you're going through. But rather today, he is still moved with compassion and desires to touch you and bring healing into your life. That's his desire. He freely touched people. I can almost imagine what was going through that leper's mind. He was out in the country in Galilee. He wasn't in the city. He was estranged and cut off from the people he loved and knew and cared about. And then he heard that Jesus had left Capernaum and went into the countryside in Galilee. I can almost see the wheels of his brain turning. And he thought, this is my chance. This is my opportunity. I'm going to throw it all to the wind. I'm going to risk it all to see what he will do for me, to see if he will hear me, to see if he will 
heal me. No doubt in my mind, he had tried everything he could to find healing, and there was no hope available. Matter of fact, if you indulge me for just a little bit, let my imagination run wild for a second. There's no doubt in my mind that he had tried an HMO plan. You know what that is, right? Handle it on my own. And it left him broke, destitute, and lonely. No doubt in my mind he had tried the GMHO plan. You know what that is, right? It's give me a handout. And he found out that still wasn't enough. I was still left with needs and uncovered things. He even probably tried the PPP plan. You know what that is, right? It's the pity party plan. And he found out that no one wanted to listen to that or be a part of that. So he finally went to Jesus. He said, if you will, you can make me clean. If you're willing, you can change my situation. If you're willing, you have the power to alter my destiny. That's what he's saying, friend. If you're willing, Jesus, you can do something for me that no one else can do. If you're willing, Jesus, you can do something for me that I can't do for myself. He said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I began thinking about all the lepers through the Bible who had miraculous occurrences when they came to God. You remember Naaman, right? Naaman was told, told, go dip seven times in the Jordan River. You'll be clean. He went back and told the servant girl who referred him to the prophet, he just wants me to go dip in that old muddy Jordan. The rivers of Syria are much better than this one. What did she say? She said, Master, if he asked you to do a hard thing, wouldn't you have done it? Humble yourself and see what happens. Oh, again, let me say it one more time. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You have resisted trusting God. You've said, God can't forgive me. God can't overcome what I have done. God can't give me hope and a future. There's no way God can heal me. There's no way God can intervene in my relationships. Oh, can I tell you, if you'll just humble yourself, you'll find he gives grace to those who bow before him. And he can do it. I think about those four lepers sitting outside the city of Samaria. The armies of Syria had... Uh, actually launched against Samaria that surrounded it. They had cut it off. Food wasn't coming in or out. People weren't going in or out. People were starving to death inside the city. One day these four lepers woke up and they said, you know, what do we have to lose? What do we have to lose? If we go into the city, we're going to die. If we go to the camp of the, Syri of the Syrians, we're going to die. But maybe they'll look on us favorably. You know the story, right? Those four lepers got up and they began marching toward the camp of the Syrians. And somehow, God took those eight footsteps, eight footsteps, and turned them into the sound of an army marching against that great army gathered against the city of Samaria. So much so, they thought that they were being overcome by another army. They'd been killing themselves, they'd been fleeing. And when they got there, the camp was empty. Why? Because they said, let's take a risk. Let's take a risk. What's there to lose? Can I challenge you to take a risk this morning? Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to restore you. Ask God to renew you. Ask God to give you hope and a future. Ask God to heal your body. Ask God to mend your marriage. Ask God to turn your rebellious children back to Him again. What do you have to lose? If you stay right where you're at now, 
nothing's going to change. But if you take a step, is it possible that as in days of old, God will take your footsteps and make it sound like a marching army coming against the plans of the enemy and he will bring you deliverance and freedom and provision. He will bring to you that which you can't bring to yourself. Isn't it worth taking a risk? They took a risk. It was amazing what happened when they chose to follow him. The Bible says this leper came to Jesus imploring him, if you're willing, make me clean. And that word is for someone here this morning. In this room or in your home or in your car, this word is for someone here today. If you will implore him, ask him, beseech him, worship him, see what he will do for you. He decided to take a chance. You see, and he realized that his condition, leprosy, prevented him by Old Testament law from being close to crowds or close to Jesus. But he said, I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to press in. I'm going to press through. I'm going to see what will happen. Maybe, just maybe, he will respond to me. Maybe he'll do something for me. See, so many times we build these false facades, false walls that keep us from God. And they're false because they're false in our thinking and we put them in place. We erect them. Well, I can't get to God because. I can't get to God because. I can't get to God because I wasn't raised a believer. I can't get to God because I've been a bad person. I can't get to God because I turned my back on him one time. I can't get to God because he doesn't love everybody. He only loves certain people. And we build these false walls, these facades that keep us away from God. The leper had a wall there too, only it wasn't false. It was very real. He wasn't supposed to go close to Jesus. But he said, that's not going to stop me. The healer is here. The master is close. And I'm going to reach him today. Somebody, will you simply reach out to Jesus today? Let him do something in your heart and in your life. Whatever's keeping you from him, move it out of the way. Some of you need a sledgehammer and start beating those walls to pieces so that you can get to Jesus. Don't let anything keep you from him. If it's friends, don't make them friends anymore. You say, well, that's pretty strong. Yes, it is. But if there are people in your life that are keeping you from Jesus Christ and living the life he wants you to be, you don't need them in your life. Paul said, bad company corrupts good character. You need to take that to heart and do something about it today. Change your circle of influence. Surround yourself with people of faith. Surround yourself with those who believe the word of God and will speak it into your life. Maybe it's your job. If it's your job, you need to find a new job. What it is that's keeping you from God, you need to get rid of it in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's honey. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about, quote, relationships. It's almost like we don't believe in marriage anymore. We just believe in relationships. If there is a relationship you're involved in that keeps you from God, end it now. End it now. Get it out of the way so you can get to Jesus. Maybe it's money. Maybe that's your quest, your passion, your goal, your desire. The only thing you're interested in Get it out of the way and get to Jesus. 
Let him do a work in your heart. Let him do a work in your life. Let him do something magnificent and powerful in and over you. And if you can't run to get there, I've said it before, I'll say it again, then walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. And if you can't crawl, then scoot. And if you can't scoot, get four friends to carry you into the presence of Jesus Christ so he can change your life. Jesus' response to him, number one, he was moved with compassion. Compassion brings action. Compassion brings intervention. Compassion means I'm not willing to leave them in the place they are in any longer. He was moved with compassion. And then he said, I will be thou clean. I will be thou clean. And immediately, the Bible says, he was cleansed. Look at verse 45 with me now. Mark 1, verse 45. Now, what did Jesus tell him? Previous verse. Go show yourself to the priest. They can declare you cleansed, but don't say a word to anybody else. Remember, that's where we started. And what did he think to himself? Not hardly. This is what he did. He went out and began to proclaim. The word proclaim in the Greek means to preach. It's the same word we use to preach. He begins to preach the goodness of God. He begins to declare the goodness of God. He begins to say, my God, Jesus Christ is a healer. He's done this for me. He'll do it for you. He proclaimed it freely, the Bible says. And to spread the matter. I love it. Typically, when we're talking about something spreading, we're talking about gossips, right? Only this guy wasn't gossiping. He was dealing with the truth. He was dealing with fact. He was dealing with what God had already done. He was dealing with what God, God could do for you. Oh, somebody, it's time to stop spreading gossip and start spreading good news. This is who God is. This is what God can do. He began to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. I'm going to wrap this thing up here in just a minute. Anne is coming this morning. She called us last week with this testimony. I said, you've got to share it Sunday morning. It's all about the power of an invitation, the power of sharing the good news. Good morning. My husband has a few power tools in the barn in the garage. I have a few power tools in my kitchen, don't we? Yes, yes. And some are so heavy, he has to pick them up for me to move them. I want to tell you about a power tool. This is a power tool. And if you're driving or riding in your car, it looks like a business card. It has our logo on it, All Nations Church. On the back, it has information, our address, telephone number, our information at, and our website, allnationstallahassee.com, and when we have service. As you invited us to share them recently, we picked up some. I put them in my purse. And right after you taught, God is able that ministered to me, that gave me encouragement and hope. And it was something that was stirring in my heart. And I had these little cards in my purse. So when I went on uh, Tuesday of that week to physical therapy, 
I visited with my young lady. She works with me for an hour. And this praise music is filling their clinic. And we're talking about the Lord and praising. And I said, so tell me about church. Where do you go? Well, I'm online because of COVID, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, can I give you something? My church has online. Would, would you like to know about that? Well, sure. And so sure enough, within another week or so, she said, I visited your website. I watched and listened to God is able. And she said, and I got it in my heart and I stored it in there. And do you know yesterday that one of my patients came in and she was in tears because of something going on in her life. And because I had listened to God is able, I had received it in my heart, and then I could share it with her. And the way she came in was not the way she left. She was encouraged. She was given hope because the word of God was sewn in to this young physical therapist's heart. She was able then to share it with another one. And, she, and this physical therapist said, and I didn't stop with her. I, I kept sharing it and kept sharing it. and kept. It was being fruitful in her life. It was being multiplied in her life. Well, then that was Tuesday. On Friday, I went back and we talked some more about the Lord and said, hallelujah. We kept, you know, feeling free to say hallelujah quite loudly and I was sitting in the chair um, finishing up and a, a man walked by a, a phys another physical therapist and he was joining in hallelujah and um, he said so where do you go to church and so I told him and and I said and you and he said well I do online right now and I went oh can I give you a card <laughs> and he said yes and so I'm telling you that it is precious this, it's, it's just little. It doesn't weigh a whole lot. You can stick it in your purse, in your pocket, somewhere easy. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can assure them whenever they go online, they're going to hear the word of God and faith will arise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Anne, so very much. I want to make something very clear to you this morning, and I appreciate that testimony. I'm just the mouthpiece. I have no power. But the God I serve is all-powerful. And when we declare His Word as true and complete, His power flows into other people's lives. Begin declaring what God can do. Matter of fact, that same message God is able from a few weeks ago. Terry's still on Facebook. It had over 9,000 views when I looked this morning. Listen, folks, people need to know we serve a God who does great things. This leper understood there is a God who can do something for me. And he said, if you will, you can make me clean. If you will, you can make me clean. All you have to do is say, Lord, if you will. He'll take your burdens and relieve them from you. Matter of fact, he said in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, all you who labor and are heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. That word rest means ease, to relieve, to refresh your souls. He said, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest, relief, ease, refreshment for your souls. For my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. For those who are anxious about the times we live in and are wringing their hands and wondering, what's going to happen next? When will it ever end? To come to Jesus, he's not going to prescribe Valium or Xanax. But rather, he's going to say in Philippians 4, 6, don't fret. Don't have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. If you're depressed, if you don't see light at the end of your tunnel, if life has got you down, he's not going to prescribe Prozac or another antidepressant. But he's going to declare, as he declared in Psalm 1-1, blessed. That word blessed, it means happy, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers. Those who are restless and stressed out today, he won't give you a sleeping pill or a tranquilizer, but he's going to speak Psalm 1-2 to your spirit. Verse 3, 2 and 3 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. On His law, His precepts and His teaching, He meditates day and night. And He will be like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever He does, He is blessed. He is blessed, fortunate, prosperous, favored, by God. See, the answer to any need, whether it's a spiritual need for forgiveness and restoration, whether it's a physical need for healing, whether it's an emotional need for a relationship to be mended or a relationship that ended badly that has caused deep, deep scars in your heart to be healed and mended, or mental anguish, financial needs, the answer is Jesus. Because when we turn to Him in humility, He responds to us in grace. Stand your feet with me, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Those of you watching online, just bow your head right now, would you? Maybe several of you in the room, in many instances there are whole families watching us right now. All of you, just bow your head for a second. Father, I pray for every person in this audience today. And I pray for every person who will watch this broadcast, this video, the days, the weeks, the months, and even the years ahead until you return. And I pray now your Holy Spirit goes with convicting power, proving to them, convincing them that you really are the God who's able, that you are the God who's willing to address their issues and heal their life. Let faith arise in their spirits right now. Faith to respond to you. Faith to take that first step. Faith to reach out to Jesus. You're in the room, you're watching online, you're listening on the radio. It's time to make a step of faith. It's time to declare your trust in the Lord. It's time to take a risk. Because what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Would you right now respond in a very tangible way? You need Jesus to bring forgiveness 
renewal and restoration into your life. You need him to restore your destiny that Satan has stole due to sin. That's you. I'm just talking about you right now. I'm talking to you. That's you. It doesn't matter if you're in the room or if you're watching or if you're listening. You're going to take a step of faith right now. You're going to throw that right hand into the air. Say, I want to trust Jesus today. I want to trust Jesus today. Just put that right hand up and say, that's me. I want to trust Jesus today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Others. You're in the room with someone else. Lift your head and see those that have raised their hand. We're going to pray for them in just a second. Anyone else? Lift your hand and say, that's me. The two gentlemen that lifted your hand, I want you to take another step of faith. Step out and come. People are going to pray with you right here and bring you to that place where Jesus touches you. Step out and come. Right now, if you're in the room with someone who lifted their hand, reach over, put your hand on the shoulder. And as I begin to pray for these individuals, you pray for them as well. Step out and come, gentlemen. There's no shame. Take that step of faith. Respond to the Lord. Let him do something in your heart and do something in your life today that will change you for all of eternity. Step out and come. If you should have slipped up that hand but didn't, this is your chance. Step out and come. Let God do something in your heart and in your life today. Father, I now pray for each and every one who has responded. For those who are in the room and those who are online, those driving down the road, I pray for the giving power of Jesus Christ to touch their hearts. Pastor Chris, pray for him right now. Their hearts and to touch their lives, bring change and deliverance. Break the bonds of Satan over their lives. Release them and set them free. Now would you pray for this man this morning, please. Release them, set them free. Deliver them from the grip of the enemy. Change their destiny right now from hopelessness and despair, from confusion and agony and guilt to one of hope and a future because I've been forgiven in Jesus' name. God's done a work in me. Now, if you're in the room or if you're watching online this morning, there's a need in your life, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, financial, there's a need in your life. You need to come to Jesus just like that man we talked about this morning. He's going to touch you. If that's you, step out and come. We're going to pray for you, pray over you. I'm going to anoint you with oil, and God is going to do a work in your life. If that's you, step out and come as Tom begins to sing. Sing it out, brother. Made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7 plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.